Welcome to Horrible Friends, where a podcast and book club format about horror movies this week in our month of Cage. We have Color Out of Space. Starting off, I'm Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. And I'm Jarvis. And the way this podcast is going to go is we are going to tell you a little about the history. We're going to breeze through this plot. We are going to talk about the cinematics and special effects, the sound effects and the music, and do a little spoopy meter towards the end with our own little take. So, Dan, would you mind starting off with some of that history? Absolutely. So, this week we have, for our final movie of the month of Cage, and I, you know what, uh, as as the line from Titanic goes, uh, iceberg ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I just immediately thought, I'm like, oh god, where is he going with this? How was he linking Titanic to this? Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say. Do you know what line I was gonna say? Our, our, our hearts will go on. I, I was gonna say, gentlemen, it's been an honor serving with you. But like, no iceberg dead ahead. Let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Um, so this movie came out in 2019. Um, at a festival, but officially in the U.S., it released in 2020. Uh, the director of this is Richard Stanley. Uh, Richard Stanley is best known for doing movies such as Hardware, which is another horror movie, uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau, and Dust Devil. It sounds like the- a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I think that is a vacuum cleaner, actually. I don't think the movie is, but I think I think Dust Devil is a vacuum cleaner. It is. Dirt Devil, sorry. Dirt Devil. My wife screamed from across the house. Dirt Pitch. The writers for this is, um, it's based off of an H.P. Lovecraft story of The Color Out of Space by the same name. Uh, but the people who did the screenplay of this are Richard Stanley, uh, who I will not go back over because I just did, and Scarlett Ameris. And Scarlett Ameris is best known for writing other things such as The Theater Bazaar and Replace. When I saw this was based off an H.P. Lovecraft story, and they show it in the opening credits, I knew that you were going to get into the cosmic body horror type of visuals, and I was definitely excited to see this movie. Mm-hmm. HP Lovecraft movies don't typically disappoint. Yeah, I, I was also excited. This was uh, also produced by Elijah Wood, who did uh, produce Mandy. So weird. Are like, they just I, friends? <laughs> they must be. I feel like Nicholas. If they were friends, like I feel like Nicholas Cage would have asked to be in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> what if he was an orc and we didn't know it? Ooh, and and you'll have my bow. <laughs> That's really good. That was That's really, really, really good. good. As soon as you said Lord of the Rings, I say you're like, all right, how do I get this right? How do I get this right? <laughs> my mouth in the right shape. Yeah, just uh, gotta get right into that Nicholas Cage face. <laughs> the budget for this movie is approximately six to eight, six to twelve million dollars. I know it's a big range. Um, no one knows. No one knows. 
<laughs> What's the budget of our movie? Yeah, six million, twelve million. Fuck it, spend the money. <laughs> <laughs> but the box office, uh, this did disappoint. It only made about one million dollars. I mean, maybe you can actually say that that's because of you know COVID happening. But I think this came out in January of last year. It was either January or February, so it was before COVID really fully hit. Yeah, so. Uh, probably just poor marketing. I, I never really heard of this movie until we started discussing our month of cage. So, um, yeah, uh, the tagline for this movie is it will consume you. Our, okay. That's a good tagline. I yeah, think it is, right? That's a pretty good yeah. one for what this movie is. Straightforward. Did its thing. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's nothing. I'm not a. I'm not proud of it because it made a good pun or anything like that. But it was it was all right. Yeah. The uh, the runtime for this movie is about 111 minutes. Other 2019 horror movies that came out this year that we could have watched were Doctor Sleep, which I don't really know if you consider that one a horror movie or not. Uh, Ready or Not came out in 2019. And It Chapter 2, the film location, uh, a lot of this, so there's a lot of different places um, in this country that it took place, but I just listed the country of Portugal. Um, I apologize. I don't, I I usually try to say where it's located to give some pride to the area that was filmed, but there was a lot of places in Portugal that they filmed and I didn't want to take up all that time, which I could have just filled by this explanation, but whatever. Um, (laughs) Here we are. This was filmed in Portugal? (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if that was just because they're like, where's alpaca? Like, where do we even get them? The, the, alpaca are critical to this, the script. Ah, fuck it. But little did they know if they just go to a charming bed and breakfast in New Jersey. Kyle, yeah, you, Kyle, you could have reached out. Yeah, I could have just brought them right over to the to the little farm. It, it would have been great. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Kyle runs a small but profitable alpaca farm in his spare time. <laughs> they are everything to this family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our nude clock this week, which if you are unaware, our nude clock is generally just us um, pointing out like areas where nudity is shown in a movie, just to point out like the absurdity of nudity in horror movies generally. Um, and this week <laughs> I say with a question mark, uh, we don't have a nude clock. I would agree. It all depends on <laughs> if if a giant morph monster of one to two carbon individuals um, who, I mean, they weren't wearing clothes, but they were growing new appendages. So, mm. uh, you know, it's a toss up. There was a horse dong at one point. I mean, horse dong? Yeah, does a horse dong count? I don't remember the horse dong. <laughs> Where was your attention during this film, Dan? All right, like- <laughs> moving on. Where you can watch this is uh, Sling TV uh, on Prime, on Vudu, and on Google Play. Unfortunately, uh, you will have to pay for a subscription for this or pay to rent this. Um, and with that... Uh, I'm not sure local library does Hoopla, and then it was free. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for throwing that in. I appreciate that. Um, and with that, does anyone know what uh, Diamond Dallas Page's uh, theme song was in WCW? 
so his his theme song was a, a very clear ripoff of Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit, but it was titled Self High Five. So I'm going to give myself a self high five because I'm going to do the plot. So let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so 20, 2019's Color Out of Space. Um, so we open with uh, this this uh, woman, girl. I mean, the act. The actress is like in her 20s. So sorry. I don't know if I call her a woman or a girl, uh, but her name is Lavinia and uh, she's practicing some like witchcraft in the woods and <laughs> our everyone's favorite water guy, Ward, walks up and is just like watching this ritual unfold and uh, Lavinia is like talking about her mom and different things like that and She's just like, um, what are you doing? This is private property. And uh, he's like, I'm the water guy. I'm the water boy. (laughs) There's there's only one water boy in my heart and mind. (laughs) Is Bobby Bobby Boucher. (laughs) (laughs) So from the rest of the – his name is Ward Phillips in the movie. But we're going to call him Bobby Boucher from now on because he is the water boy. (laughs) Water boy. I can't believe how much credence they give this guy throughout the entire film. It, it's ridiculous how much they're like, hey, water boy, we got something over here. You got to check it out. And he's like, no, I, I did go to college for water. <laughs> I told you guys I'm a hydrologist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scientist, you said. Come here. Check out this meteor. You're, you're a toxicologist, yes? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I no, study water. No. Da, 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 da. Quit, your, you have, quit your fancy you science have... talk. You have gist at the end of your title, yes? You're a gist of everything. <laughs> I, I got the gist. I, I dig. Uh, the, the whole ritual was kind of cool. Um, did you did you guys catch the Barbie swastika, the, the Barbie leg swastika hanging from the tree? Barbie leg swastika, new band name, I called it. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but I, I thought it was actually kind of cool. What, so, uh, especially kind of throughout the movie, the, the script is written really well in that they nothing seems forced. Um, you learn a lot about the characters without having to like disrupt their daily lives or events. Um, so like, you know, from this exchange, you know, she's trying to heal her mother. You know, he, she's like burning her hair in the sacrifice and, you know, it's, she's trying to heal uh, the cancer inside of her. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just thought it was really well done. And also, like, if she had a GoFundMe, like, Witchcraft for Change, I would absolutely get on board because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the opposite of what Joel Austin does. So, I'm, I'm like, I'm, yeah, take my money. They, this this interaction between the two characters, it, it's actually good. I think these are two very good actors and, and it's a very sweet scene between the two of them, uh, kind of like jokey and flirty. But yeah, also the, the her trying to save her mom is very nice. So. Yeah, I enjoyed their their interaction. Like, so the next thing that happens is so they're they're kind of like having a nice little back and forth. And Kyle's right, like it's it's nicely done, it's nicely shot. Um, and they're kind of having a little back and forth. And then she's like private property, and he's like, ah, I like that Wiccan that you're practicing. And then immediately her tone changes. She's like, oh, I'm very turned on by your knowledge of Wiccan. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
my. Apparently, they, my. they made some sort of joke about the Alexandrian versus Wiccan or something like that, and she was like, "You chose wrong." <laughs> anyway, and just <laughs> or, like, it's good. I'm not impressed at all, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other thing too. Uh, he's like, "So you live here?" She's like, "Yeah, unfortunately, I live here in this gorgeous property, and I have my own horse. My life sucks." she she plays a a decent teenager i will say that she's not so absurd that i hate her but she's yeah she's on that 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 fine line of like they're trying to make her like i I hate it here that's so bad and then like later on maybe she'll be like oh yeah i actually really liked it well i mean later on doesn't really happen but uh yeah (laughs) so we we move forward um they have a horse uh she's like riding the horse back to their farm uh we find out that uh, she lives there with her dad, Nathan, who's Nicholas Cage, uh, her mom, Teresa, her brother, Benny, and her little, little brother, Jack. We have some interactions here. Nothing like super important. Um, we kind of get some like character development where we see like Nicholas Cage is kind of like laid back and chill. And uh, their mom is kind of like up a little uptight and she's like a businesswoman. And uh, she's a little more serious than um, Nathan. And we find out that Benny is like a pothead. Uh, typical like teenager stuff. So it was just the whole thing when they were trying to introduce the mother character, showing her in her office. And it was like, to me, it was just like her talking on the phone. It was like finance words, finance words, finance words. Um, you know, the dividends and the percentages, finance words, finance words, finance words. I'm a finance woman. I just thought it was kind yeah. of shoehorned in. I, I agree with that. I, I felt the same way. She was just like, you got to split the diff and go with the with the radicals, man. Do it. And I was like, I don't think any of those are real words, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we learned that on this farm, uh, they've recently invested in uh, the best part of this movie. They've recently invested in alpacas, uh, which we'll find out that they actually like milk and they, they like take food for, they plan on, don't they plan on killing them and using their meat? They too? plan on butchering all the alpacas, which is people like they say in the movie, people raise alpacas for their wool, but Nick is all about, we're just going to take the meat and throw out the wool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's like clearly like city people like trying to do farm things, but like they're still kind of unsure of it. Like it was it was done very well and not like a boastfully like city people are stupid kind of way. It's just like these people are learning how to like be farmers. It was funny. So we we fast forward. They have they have like a dinner. Uh, we have a funny scene where Nicolas Cage cooks and he's like he's like, oh, everybody likes this kind of food. And, and everyone's like, no, we don't. It's like really gross looking stew that'll make you vomit um it's a french dish it's french <laughs> it was french it was peasant food <laughs> yes um, as they put it so we we kind of like um we fast forward the kid it's like a cute family scene too right like they're all eating dinner together and they're like enjoying their time and um they have like an argument about who does the dishes between the kids and they're like laughing and having fun. So we, we learned that they're a pretty happy family and uh, we fast forward to them being outside uh, Teresa and Nathan and they're like talking and 
like having like a sexual conversation, but we kind of find out that uh, they haven't had sex in like six months. And, but it's not because of any discourse between them. It's because like Mike said, I think it was Mike, um, I've been Chris, but said that I think she had cancer and she's just not comfortable yet. Like having sex. Cause she doesn't feel sexy. Um, because she, she got a, a, a mastectomy. Exactly. Yeah, mastectomy. Mm-hmm. yeah. So she's, she had to, obviously it seems breast cancer was her thing and she doesn't feel like a woman anymore. And she, she mentions that she's like, I don't know how you could love me. I don't feel like, and I was like, this is fucking hard. Like this is a very, that's heavy. Like, that's yeah. very heavy and real thing. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Oh, it was oddly captivating. Like I didn't go into yeah. the movie expect, expecting any of this, but there again, the, I think the best movies, like I said, are, are the ones that nothing feels strained. You don't learn everything from the family in a way that feels forced. And I think that was a beautiful way to show like the struggle that they've gone through very recently, you know, um, yep. and, and they added, you know, the, the, the sexual, uh, the, the sexual nature of the conversation is what kind of tied it all together, but it, it still built the character so well. And from the dinner that they had, you know, they're, they're still a very cohesive family, but you know, Lavinia is this dark character, but she still loves her family. Like this is probably the most cohesive narrative of like a, the family dynamic that we've seen in any of our films so far. Hundred percent, I agree. They didn't like they didn't outright hate each other, which a lot of films seem to to make brothers and sisters do, and then they didn't outright like make the parents seem like they were the worst things in the world. It seemed like everybody had their flaws, but they were all okay with it, which is exactly what a family is. And it's like it's it's kind of nice to see. So, yeah, I agree. I think the family dynamic was like very accurate to what a real family is. All the kids were kind of teasing each other, but it wasn't mean spirited. And even with the bedroom scene with uh, Nick Cage and his wife, it was, he said, when she said, I don't feel like a woman anymore, how could you love me after her breast cancer? They said, well, I've always been a leg guy. So, I mean, that was yeah, like, just that a re- like a reassuring <laughs> thing. Yeah. And then she said, what if I lost my legs? And he's like, well, I would just put you in a suitcase and take you with me. I mean, that was like, it was a little <laughs> funny, but it was like, okay, he's yeah. trying to make her feel better and so- show his support for her. And I thought that was a really good scene. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of just move to the next scene, which is um, all everyone's doing different things. Uh, the little... The youngest kid, Jack, is sleeping in his bed. Uh, Benny is on his computer playing a video game. It looks like that. Uh, what's that game called? Uh, the space game. Um, oh, he's in. I think he's in like Google Galaxy or Google Earth. But oh, yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no like a little green dude where you have to like build the space stations and things uh, like that. Herbal space program. Yeah, yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Anyway, that's that's not important. So. Uh, Benny is on like Google, uh, Google satellites. Um, uh, Lavinia was reading a book about like Wiccan stuff because that's what she's really into. That's like her hobby, and she fell asleep. And then Nathan and Teresa are like getting intimate for the first time. Um, obviously, since as we just heard from that conversation, and then all of a sudden beautiful beautiful creepy lights are just flashing all over the place purple and it goes to dark and it's like just keeps flashing in the window and um moving forward 
just a little bit. Uh, Jack gets out of his bed. He goes into the hallway and um, we see Benny is like drooling down his face, uh, almost like he's like having a seizure. And uh, Jack screams. Everyone gets out of bed. Benny snaps out of it and they go into the hallway and they find him and everyone's panicking. Uh, the they they're screaming like oh we need to take him to the hospital and um, they go outside some of them go outside uh, I think it's Nathan and Lavinia go outside and they find a meteor that had just crashed and it is flashing that same purple kind of dark colors uh, beautiful purple pink colors that we saw before to me there was just a little bit of awkwardness when uh the Jack was on the couch and he was kind of in shock or in a trance. Uh, Nick Cage is holding the bourbon glass and he's just like shaking it. And that's just to that to make there's something not right about what's going on because he's not acting like he's been this whole movie because he seemed like a very concerned father. And I was just like, oh, well, the hospital's an hour away. I'm sure he's fine. And it just, it, it's very unsettling start of the movie because it's you start to question what's going on yeah it, it was it was kind of hard to distinguish whether there's just the most dismissive group of people ever like because none of them acknowledge the light at all except for jack the, the the youngest um you know obviously nick cage and his wife uh Teresa are up there and they're they're starting to you know, get a little hot and heavy. So like, I'll give them marks. Like, you know, maybe, maybe they wouldn't notice it, but I I think everyone else in the house would have noticed this crazy light show going out or descending from the skies. Yeah. I think they see it at the, like right at the end, right, right before it crashes down because he, he does recount later that there was a crazy flash of light and then just a big boom, like an earthquake when, uh, when he gets interviewed later on in the story, they they all go back to sleep. Jack Jack's okay. Um, they put him back to bed. I think he sleeps with his mom, and um, they wake up. And the sheriff comes, and the mayor comes, and they come to see the the meteor that's there. Um, and the water boy Bobby Boucher shows up uh, for. <laughs> reasons i guess <laughs> but he just walks up and he starts like diagnosing this meteor like he's like yeah i'm in the mm-hmm. water but i'm also in the meteors i don't know if you knew that so <laughs> i don't know if you knew anything about me because we've set up very little <laughs> character development so that's fine. <laughs> Let's get right in. okay what why why is the mayor there anyone can anyone tell me it because seems like a small town thing. I was going to say, Sunday. it's a small town. The mayor shows up whenever there's a disturbance. Whenever there's a meteor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? That's so, a great answer. Why yeah. does the mayor travel with the Secret Service looking guy in the background? <laughs> Watch the movie again and tell me that isn't a Secret Service guy. No, I, I saw that. I was like, who is that? Who is that man in the background? He doesn't exist. He doesn't talk. He just is. Um, well, again, he's and, part of the uh, meteor monitoring detail. Yeah, the MMD. Oh, the MMD. Yeah, yeah the MMD. MMD. <laughs> uh, yeah, they. I don't know. It, it's weird. I, I do like Nick. Nick Cage comes in once Wade walks into the room. Nick Cage is like, or into the, the space. I guess he's like, oh, where'd you go to school? He was like, let me guess, Boston. And he was like, no, nah, not really. Like just outside. He was like, typical. 
<laughs> I was like, all right, that's that's good. Uh, there's some sort of I don't know where this is supposed to take place. I don't think they're. I mean, I know where it's filmed, but like, I don't. I didn't know. It, it feels like California, like or Washington, or like yeah, somewhere in the west. Yeah, it seems weird. I don't know. Well, the other thing too is when the uh, I guess the cop or the mayor was questioning him about what was going on or what happened. He's like, yeah, last night there was this strange sound and this thing just landed in a yard. By the way, it was the first time me and my wife were intimate in six months. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was just about to ask, did anyone cast that subtle like we were fucking? Like when yeah. he's explaining what happened to the mayor. Way yeah, too not. much info. He's like, yes. yeah, so uh, I was three inches in my wife on my sixth pump when suddenly the comic. <laughs> <laughs> she had just told me that I was on her hair. <laughs> can you uh can you tell us more about the comet hey i'm trying to tell you about fucking my wife in the ass all right <laughs> I mean, and you're asking me all these personal questions who's telling the story here so <laughs> <laughs> three inches in <laughs> all right so god was anyone else like did anyone else think of Joe Dirt immediately when they're all trying to touch this meteor? Oh, I'm, <laughs> my sister. I'm your that, sister. Well, that's a big hunk of poopy. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> isn't poop. I thought of the same thing. Imagine if the movie just ended that way. It's like, well, it turned out it was space poop. The end. And instead of murder, they all got cholera. The end. Uh, oh, what a happy ending. Remember, after touching poop, don't rub your eyes. This is a message from Colorado Space. <laughs> this is your PSA. <laughs> All right. So for the for these next scenes, what I want you guys to do is envision that this is a horror movie from Ward's perspective. And he's going into this family of Teresa and Nathan and all them as like hills have eyes people because the next thing that happens after he's done after nathan's done explaining is he shows him his alpacas he shows bobby boucher or his alpacas and he's like he's like you can milk alpacas have you ever had alpaca milk before and he like starts squeezing him and he's like you got to be really careful with squeezing the teats because they're very delicate and then he takes the ladle and he's like do you want to try some milk? I feed him a special diet of fennel. It gives me more yield in them. Your loss. Oh, God. No. It was very sexual. <laughs> I, I didn't think of it to think of this movie from Ward's perspective and that this family was Hill, Hills Have Eyes family. And that like changes my whole perception of this movie. And I think it's really interesting that you thought of that. Just like picture that you're going to this family as Bobby Boucher. Like, it's just like, what the fuck is going on? They tried to feed me alpaca milk, which, by the way, I looked up alpaca milk because I was like, is this even a thing? And it said that it's really tough to milk them because, yeah, they have like smaller teats and like cows and uh, goats and stuff like that. Um, but it also said that their milk is disgusting. Like, it tastes awful. <laughs> really? Yes. Nick so. Cage made it seem delicious. He did. <laughs> I, this dude is delusional. Like that, that's what it came out to, I believe, was he he purchased the alpacas. He is just using them in all the wrong ways and he is determined to make it 
like a good investment. He's like, his wife actually does investments, but meanwhile, he's over here uh, buying alpacas for their meat and drinking their milk when he could just be shaving them. They're obviously ready to be shaved. Nick, just shave the alpaca. <laughs> Is that a sex thing? Is that a euphemism? Yeah. Shave the alpaca. Shave my alpaca. <laughs> so last night I was uh, shaving my alpaca, and this meteor, <laughs> and this meteor just crashed down. Yeah, you don't want you don't want meteors to crash when you're shaving your alpaca. You need <laughs> all the focus. You guys laugh, but I'm definitely using that. <laughs> we call this move the shave the alpaca. So we we get done the really creepy milk scene with Bobby Boucher and Nathan and uh, Bobby Boucher, who is way more interested in the meteor than doing his actual job of checking the water for contaminants, uh, goes back to checking out the meteor. And um, there's a little flirting going on between him and uh, Lavinia. And uh, Nathan's like, not my house, not today. So he like cuts that shit off. But, Anyway, so this scene happens. They kind of conclude that it's a meteor. <laughs> and um, we go to back in the house uh, for probably one of the best scenes. And they are, we see the interview where Nick Cage gives way too much information uh, being done. And he's watching the TV, watching the interview with his family. And uh teresa is in the teresa is in the kitchen and she's cutting up carrots she's like getting dinner ready uh just as she said that she would earlier in an earlier scene where she said that she would cook next and as she's cutting it she starts to kind of space off and nathan is like screaming like i need you to come out here watch the interview with me i look like a jackass like over and over like oh my god bro no one's gonna hold your hand through watching this interview chill and- <laughs> where he did look like a psycho backwards ufo witness on uh-huh. tv and um because that is how they were painting him right they kept like putting up like ufo sighting and he's like it wasn't a ufo it was a meteor <laughs> it was a big giant rock of poop <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna stop you for a second because you just totally blew past tommy chong as the hippie in the woods tommy <laughs> oh, yeah. chong. we do have a random scene with tommy chong in the woods but like the scene isn't super important outside the fact that tommy chong is in this movie and all i could see was leo from that 70s show how dare you uh-huh. say any secret Tommy <laughs> Chong is not super important? No, Tommy Chong is important, but that You're scene wasn't very important. I think it's important just because this is where Ward first notices that the water is contaminated, and that That's might true. be what's causing all of the. He is a hydrologist. He's a hydrologist. It's I the mean, first I, time anyone's let him do his goddamn job since he's been there. There <laughs> <laughs> to survey water. Because they are trying to make a fresh water, uh, a dam, fresh dam hydro plant. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that is why he is there. That is why he encountered Lavinia in the first place because he was following the river. He is a hydrologist there to look at water, and no one lets him just look at the goddamn water. <laughs> as a fellow hydrologist, as I know all of you are. We went to the same school as board. We were all a little bit ahead of him. We had to help him out a little bit, but that's beside the point. I mean, he's finally getting <laughs> to do his job, which he's always talked about. So, 
Yep. That is basically the whole scene of with Tommy Chong, uh, whose character is named uh, Ezra. So uh, that's basically it for Ezra. He like starts, he like talks some crazy stuff like, oh, listen to the recordings. There's people underground and things like that. But we're meant to just brush it off as like, all right, he's the old crazy guy in the hippie and smoking too much, doing too many drugs. So we're back to Nicolas Cage wanting his hand held through his interview where he looks crazy and didn't get a, get a comb to comb his hair out. And <laughs> we um, keep flashing back and forth between um, him screaming for Teresa and him watching it and her cutting. And then all of a sudden uh, he's like, Jack, go get your mother. And she's cutting it carrots. And right as he walks up, she cuts her fingers off. She cuts her middle finger and her pointer finger off. And doesn't blink an eye. And Jack doesn't blink an eye either, to be fair. He's just like, huh. Hey, Dad, mom's hurt. <laughs> I, I blinked both of my eyes. And he's and, covered in blood. And <laughs> just awesome. just as uh just as it happens, she turns around and holds holds up her fa- her hand and goes, dinner's ready, like to wave, <laughs> and her fingers are gone. <laughs> But no one reacts the right way. Like Nathan's not like, hey, I'm sorry. If someone cut off their fingers, I would be like hyperventilating. Like, oh my god, we got to get to hospital. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Like he's just like, okay. get the ice chest, get the ice chest. Yeah, he's just like, all right, kids. Well, you know your mom does this once a month. It's her time <laughs> of the month, if you know what I mean. So let's just uh, get her in the car and skid out along to the hospital and get that surgery going. I, I can't gotta- go to the hospital. My stunks. Not my stocks. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny to me is last night it was like their child was probably having a potential aneurysm or something like that. And he's like, ah, hospital's really far though. And then he's, he's just so casual. like, all right, time to go to the hospital. I mean, obviously, yes, they have to because her fingers are chopped off. But still, he was very, he was very much into this hospital visit. He could also be like, oh, you could use two less fingers. All right, hospital's you, you kind have, of far. You have eight more fingers. <laughs> it's not like it was a thumb or something thumb you need but your your pinky man it's just a, that's a, that's a throwaway finger <laughs> so they they go to the hospital um they put they're like oh benny you're the man in the house and they put him in charge and there's like a funny little back and forth between him and lavinia where he's like i don't know what to do and lavinia's like well you're the man in charge so figure it out and <laughs> um so he's supposed to like put the alpacas away and uh, take care of uh, the farm because I guess the hospital is pretty far from where they are. Uh, oh, and by the way, guys, they're in Massachusetts. Um, I looked it up. Oh, so wow, we were way off. Woo. Yeah, we were on I mean, opposite sides of the country. He does condescendingly say Boston, as in like you know all those Bostonians are shitty. I mean, I agree. Um, Boston is a garbage city with garbage. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Um, they, if you don't know much about uh, Massachusetts, once you go outside of Boston, though, it does kind of become the sticks. So a, a guy saying there's a UFO in my yard is probable. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we we kind of go to the next day and um, I'm, I'm just going to kind of fast forward through this day. Um, they they all basically just experience different things where they lose a bunch of hours. Like we see one scene where Lavinia is covered in blood and we don't know what it comes from. Um, and we find that Benny 
is struggling to remember to put the alpacas away. Like he keeps saying, I did it, I did it, I did it. And then they're just not put away. Uh, and then Jack, we see, he like finds a praying mantis that was in a purple egg. So we are to assume that it comes from the, um, from the comet, which by the way, the comet has burrowed down into the ground at this point. Um, so I didn't say that earlier, but it, it has. Yeah. And it's in the well. <laughs> well, it was, it was struck by lightning like a thousand times, yeah. which is proof that Zeus hates aliens. <laughs> we, have, we have that going for us, I guess. So Jack finds this praying mantis thing uh, that is definitely from the comet, and he starts like talking to it, and like it, and Bobby Boucher comes back onto the yard because he's just. I, I don't even know what he's doing at this point. I thought he was here for the water, but he's not here for the water. Um, he start, he goes up to the door and knocks and tries to talk to Lavinia, but she was like puking because she lost all that time and I get it made her sick. She's like, I can't talk. I, I'm, I'm not feeling well. And Bobby Boucher sees uh, Jack out there and he's like, who are you talking to? Well, I'm talking to my friend. So um, yeah. Yeah. What I really liked is like they they kind of mirrored the subtlety of what's what the characters are experiencing with the subtlety of like the surroundings are changing because you're you're starting to see the the alien fauna develop. Um and, and it doesn't look crazy. It's not like plants with tentacles and shit. It's just like these strange bulbs, you know, that they're not natural looking flowers. Uh and they're and they're very beautiful. Like the the colors are vibrant. But it looks out of place. But if you're not paying attention, you'd miss it. You know how, how it's kind of like wrapping uh, its way, like its vines are kind of wrapping up the house and on the well and the the different areas. I really liked that they use subtlety to their advantage while also toting like the badass fucking weird uh, mantis alien thing. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I think that this, up to this point, it's been done super well. Like, it's been, the the losing the hours part threw me off. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I love it when movies do this kind of stuff. Uh, they've done a great job with, like, their imagery, uh, the colors that they use. It really reminded me of Mandy, um, how they try to use, like, um, like that ambient, like, um, ambient, sorry, kind of sounds and, like, um, the like beautiful landscape in the background. Like, yeah, I, I think they've done a great, and the acting has been good. So like, I, I think they've done a great job up to this point. So the next thing that we see is going to change everything that I just said, uh, because in my opinion, because we get a really weird car scene, which should have been normal, but uh, to me, the chemistry just wasn't there. Like moving forward between cage and, um, Sorry, Julie Richardson. Um, and that's not to take away from them as actors, but it, it just felt like the chemistry wasn't there between them. But the the car scene, they're just kind of like he, he oh my God. I, I don't even I don't even remember all the weird stuff that was going on because it was just like it, it just was so random. Right? Like wasn't he like singing at one point and then she like I think that was kind of the point that it was showing that something's gotten into these two 
and they're not themselves. They're not acting like themselves because like even in this car scene, like they didn't seem to click anymore. They didn't seem to gel with each other anymore. They seem to start arguing because this whole movie so far, you haven't seen them really get at each other. And now it's all, she's like, I'm hemorrhaging clients and you need to fix the, the satellite dish for my internet. And he's singing his songs about whatever he was singing. And it just shows that, like I said, yeah. something's gotten into him. That's true. Yeah. And it is, this is where, like like you said, things all change because I, I get, I'm tossed around. Like I am jarred from these conversations and from these like camera angles and everything. It gets really weird. Um, it, it does. Nicholas Cage does start to sound different as well, um, which is a callback to earlier in the movie when he was with his wife out on the porch and he made fun of his dad's voice, which kind of sounds like a low level Trump impression, by the way, which is hilarious. It does. Um, That's exactly and, the vibe I got. Like he was doing a Trump impression. <laughs> yeah, well, even he, his physical mannerisms, <laughs> like the hands, he does Trump hands. <laughs> We live here now. It's the best place out of all the places we've ever lived. We had the best alpacas. We have the best alpacas. These alpacas, you'll never see another alpaca as good as this. And while I'm doing this impression, I'm sitting here doing the hands as well. Uh You can't do the Trump impression without doing the hands. Which Nicholas does. Uh, Unfortunately, none of your uh, hands are small enough to be Trump's true hands. (laughs) Yeah, so you start to see like this really weird side of both of these characters come out. But you also, um, you intercut some scenes of... Uh, of the, the the two siblings like also kind of losing entire days or nights or both maybe I, I don't know it, it things are getting real weird yeah so I, I'll backtrack just for one second and say that um, Bobby Boucher did go and see um, Ezra again and basically had like the same weird conversation but he's like my cat's missing um, and. He's like, all right, well, I'll let you know if I see him. And he's like, you wouldn't recognize him if you saw him. And that's all we get from that. So back to the mm-hmm. car. That cat, they almost hit. And you're right. It doesn't look like a cat. It looks like a, a rat that has its skin pulled off. Like, it's just, it's weird looking. Um, they don't hit it, thank God, because we don't need any cats dying. But, um, <laughs> but. That that's basically it for that scene. They don't get into an accident or anything. They just avoid hitting the cat. What uh, was the cat's just, name? The cat's I've I can't remember. Uh, G Spot. It was G Spot. The, yep. cat. <laughs> the cat's a pussy named G Spot. That's funny. Which which was fantastic in in itself. But when I saw that cat in the in the middle of the road, I went, "Uh oh, G Spot, scary." I was, I was like, I was like, "There's a joke there. There's a joke I there." The G spot. I found the Correct. G spot. Yeah, it and it's the scary. joke they couldn't find. They couldn't find the G spot for a long time because he ran away. <laughs> oh god! All right, so they get back to the house. Um, Nicholas Cage flips out because he's like, "The alpacas haven't been put away," and. <laughs> Benny's like, I did put them away, I promise. And um, Lavinia tries to explain that something weird's going on, but Cage is having none of it. He's like, 
cursing at him and he's flipping out and it's like wow he's really changed like you know he's he's going through something so <laughs> um so we we really start to see like the differences like like mike was saying but i didn't put two and two together to think that it started in the car so thank you for pointing that out um so they <laughs> so nicholas cage starts this is one of my favorite scenes nicholas cage starts picking tomatoes and uh tending to the farm and like getting all the stuff and tomatoes look I guess beautiful. I don't know. We we come from Jersey where you get real tomatoes here, but like I guess they look good. Um, so they Those things were fucking horrible looking. They looked awful, right? Like they, they looked that's not a tomato. They were. They, <laughs> I think they're tomato. Called, I think they're called like heritage tomatoes or something like that. They're yeah, they're they're like a weird type of tomato. They're not like a Jersey smooth tomato. Yeah, I think the the difference was like we know tomatoes, but those were tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> there God it is. It. There. <laughs> so Nicholas Cage gets all them. Um and earlier this is so not important except for this line. Earlier, um Teresa complains about the internet going out and there's like a quick conversation about how he's like, Oh yeah, I'll I'll fix it later. And he does. And so he comes back in and he tries one of the tomatoes and he spits it out and is like, this is disgusting. Um, and she comes down and she's like, I told you to fix the fucking internet. And is just like flipping out. It's like, whoa, chill. And he's like biting into another tomato, throws it into the sink, bites into another one, throws it in the sink, bites into another one, throws it in the sink. And he's like, I followed all the instructions. Nothing's working. And then, well, again, the reason it didn't taste good is because it's not Jersey tomato. So, like, let's be clear on that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> then the funniest scene in the whole movie, he, like a lunatic, starts taking the tomatoes and jumping in the air and throwing them into the trash, screaming things like, slam dunk! And different things like that. I lost it. Like, I was screaming when he was doing that. Yeah, and she's in her own realm as well. She's just like, I just want the internet fixed. Can you just fit? And he's like, slam dunk. Fuck this tomato. Fuck that peach. And it's just- <laughs> After a scene, um, we, we get like a bunch of other, a couple other scenes, not a bunch. We get a couple other scenes of like them being kind of weird uh, with each other. And we start seeing uh, Nicholas Cage is like developing some scaly rash on his arm. Um, and... Uh, fast forward a little bit. The TV starts like staticking and like it's not working anymore. Um, fast That's forward to like a pretty oh, ongoing theme in the movie. Like this TV was just static and you could kind of make out an image in the background through the static and there's just deep like purples and a little like light pinks kind of shining through the static. And every time that happens with the TV, stuff's about to go off the rails. Yeah, the electrical interference throughout, I mean, between the TV, the phones, um, it was, uh, I thought it was cool, because they kept it consistent. It was as if, like, the the alien ship was, like, right above them, is what it made me feel like. It made them, on such a big, beautiful piece of property, like, it still made it seem claustrophobic somehow. Hey. Hey. There's the word. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So 
so we kind of go to her, to the night and uh this is where it gets super weird and very like thing body horror john carpenter hp lovecraft um we start hearing like screaming coming from the alpaca's pen and i believe it was teresa lavinia jack and that was it right like they're the ones who go out to investigate it Oh yeah, because yeah, because um, Nicholas Cage, Nathan fell asleep in front of the TV, and so the three of them go out to investigate it, and they see basically the thing because all the alpacas have mm-hmm. just combined together in a beautiful, gory, disgusting mess. It was so fantastic, so beautiful, disturbing, but fantastic, and. They, so obviously they flip out, they go to leave because the light starts to come at them. So they go to run out, uh, Lavinia and Jack, I believe it is. And um, the light, as they run out, the light comes after them and it hits them. And the mom, Teresa, pushes, I think she pushes Lavinia out of the way and or some... Somehow, Lavinia, uh, Teresa, and Jack are in the way of the light, and they get hit by it, and they just combine, just like all the alpacas did. And now they are one. And it's pretty weird. And all I could think of, guys, was, man, puberty is going to be so weird for Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, um, mom, I'm gonna need to borrow our hand for a few. For a few <laughs> you know, Josh, oh, a, God, that's there's gross. A, there's a Freud joke somewhere in here. I think. Oh, now you that know, this was the sequel to uh, "Stuck on You," stuck on you too. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, wait, that was two days for that joke. There's so much. There's so much. Like the, the the fact that like there's more to talk about than the fact that this mother and son just amorphized into one body is is crazy. That tells you like the quality of this movie. Like th- this shit is crazy. Like I, I I have a lot of things to talk about between between our our talking points here. Um. So obviously you know the obvious point is we're gonna talk about Jack and Teresa being, uh, fucking. Combined, I guess, I guess we'll leave it at combined. But uh, the the uh, like crazy the crazy alien eczema that Nick Cage is developing, like nothing moisturizes alien eczema quite like Maker's Mark or whatever whiskey that he's drinking. Which I think they missed an opportunity for a pretty good advertisement plug because because he's like dipping his fingers in and just rubbing it on his forearm. I I'm no doctor anymore. We lost that right, but I feel yeah. like. I feel like no. I feel like not the right move. That's how you sanitize I mean, it, though. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I learned that in my night classes when I re-earned my doctorship. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do have a question for you. Um, so you said that you got your doctorship. What's its name? My doctorship? The sh- yeah, the ship. <laughs> <laughs> If you had to describe what kind of ship it would be, uh-huh. would it be maybe on the smaller side? Um, what are they called? Um, a tugboat, if you will. Oh, yeah. No. 
Nope. <laughs> I know nothing about tugboats. <laughs> well, if you know nothing about tugboats, let me tell you, we have a great opportunity to come learn more about tugboats and oh, no. <laughs> see us live. <laughs> a tugboat. I was going to sit here and be like, yeah, like a tugboat. And oh, what's the, oh, it's like another name for like a prisoner or con, con, a tug con. <laughs> tug con uh, is the true prison of my mind. <laughs> Anywho, but we didn't, talk about, we didn't talk about the, the shower jellyfish. It's a big That's problem. Exactly what I, have. I have exact words, word for it, shower jellyfish. It's a yep. big problem in the heartland, man. Like, you gotta exterminate <laughs> these sons of bitches. You gotta waffle stomp those motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing more problematic in this area of the country than shower jellyfish. If you find a shower jellyfish in your drain, just stomp it down, and it's no longer your problem. It'll go to Boston. <laughs> Fuck them. It'll be their problem now. <laughs> Fuck them. Those shower jellyfish are wicked bad. <laughs> I don't like that accent. It was it's very the worst. bad. <laughs> That's what your New York accent sounds like to me. So there you go. All right. So, eh, um, go ahead, Kyle. Anyway, the tag team duo of <laughs> Teresa and Jack. Um. They are carried into uh, they're carried into the house up to the attic uh, where well, they're carried into the house in the living room and uh, they find out that light hurts them. And so they take them up to the attic where they're still in the light, but now light doesn't hurt them. But whatever. It's 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 attic light. (laughs) Oh, right. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) The They're higher up up in the air. So the light is hitting them at uh, different angles, so the light affects it differently. So uh, we we find out that they say that Jack is being absorbed by the mom, which is just terrifying. What a terrifying statement! <laughs> um, it's it's supposed to be not that. It's supposed to be like the opposite. It you're supposed to deabsorb from your mom. I think <laughs> <laughs> it really puts a new meaning to. I brought you into this world. I will take you out. Um, I will literally fucking absorb your life force. <laughs> I have a new way to threaten my children. <laughs> Thanks, Color Out of Space. It's a Dragon Ball Z episode. I will absorb you, child. <laughs> I I gave birth to you. I can de-birth you back inside me. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. All right. So, um, so everyone's like, oh, my God, Mom, are you okay? Are you okay? No one cares about Jack. I just want to point that out. You're um, absolutely correct. Nobody no gave one. a fuck. <laughs> no one cared about Jack. Everyone's like, oh my god, mom, here, drink this water like a dog. And they're just like, oh, fuck you, Jack. You were always annoying. Like, <laughs> I'll just be over here and fucking myself, I guess. This is, sucks. Dude, meanwhile, he's he's attached to his mom's back. She's probably like fear farting. So he's just whipping <laughs> Like, I got the shit end of the stick, literally. Yeah. Fear, fear farting. farting. I'd watch that show. Yeah. Fear farts. I mean, most of my farts are fear based. Gosh, you mentioned every horror movie where someone's just hiding in a closet, like scared and panting, and the killer just finds them because you hear like a. 
Uh, this is quality content, guys. Fart yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but the mom lapping up that water was way funnier than it had any right to be. Why was she laughing? Like, so what I thought of when she was lapping the water was like, that's not how animals lap. The way that they lap is they curl their tongue back or up so that they can spoon it into their mouth. She's just like licking the water and i'm just like that's not how lapping works at all lady like not to, i am a lapping uh scientist. Prof- i don't want to be a lapping scientist never mind um move out of the way here let me show you <laughs> nobody can lap like that sure they can yeah let me show you <laughs> so anyway god this fucking movie all right so nathan nathan gets angry and we get the best Nick Cage, which is crazy Nick Cage, gets a gun, goes out to the alpacas and shoots them one at a time in the head. He comes back, goes into the attic. <laughs> that alpaca, I, that, that alpaca, I call the the alpaca mound. That was like something out of my nightmares. Just all like the skinless, like bones protruding and they were all like, conjoined and con- like, fused together. That was a pretty visually horrifying being creature thing. Yeah, it was beautifully done. So wet and gross, man. They made, they turned fucking alpacas into like a slippery, like alien Severus. It was awesome, man. Did we, did we uh, talk about Lavinia's psychotic break? She's cutting on herself. Yeah. Did we talk about that yet? I had to walk away to plug my shit it all happens like right around this time, I think. This is when like the whole family is all going through their own issues and problems, and she's trying to like do some kind of blood ritual to cleanse herself and protect her family. And Jack and the mom have their own set of problems going on up in the attic. Benny's just Cage, smoking weed. And he's just smoking weed. Nick Cage is freaking out in the car, which is another great Nick Cage freakout scene. Yeah, everybody has their own issues going on. I thought that this was like the best and worst time for like a Wiccan psychotic break, I guess. And <clears throat> and I, it, it reminded me of something and uh, of Jiminy Cricket when he sings in Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> so if I may. When you wish upon a star. Your mom will still have cancer, but then she absorbs your brother. <laughs> oh, it's that classic song. We've now been taken. Disney has taken us. We are, uh, we are now completely destroyed. Podcast. Uh, well, <laughs> if Disney, so that was the best example of slant rhyme I've ever heard. If if Disney took us, then allow me to sing you one more song that goes to uh, to the mom and son. They are Siamese, if you please. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh fuck! No, I, I didn't know we were supposed to prepare songs. You're always supposed to prepare a song for the. God damn, this movie is just dragging now. I'm sorry. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> Maybe we'll just do like a compilation of all of our songs at the beginning this week. <laughs> all right, so. <clears throat> um, so Nicholas Cage comes back up 
Um, like Mike, Mike said, um, they're all like, like you guys said, rather, uh, they're all doing their, they all did their own things. Lavinia is like cutting marks into her of, uh, like the satanic symbols and yeah, Benny's just smoking weed and, um, uh, you know, Jack and mom are just hanging out together and, uh, cage goes down, he shoots them. Uh, they're all back in the attic and (laughs) one of the funniest lines to me, um, he's like, guys, leave the room. I'm going to handle this. And, she looks at him and she's like, very clearly, I'm going to kill them because they're suffering. And <laughs> Lavinia looks at him and is like, you're in a handle? Uh-huh. Like you handled the alpacas? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, that, that's all. I just, I love that line. I know. It, it was very good. And then he just goes, get out. <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly okay with him just murdering I mean they were suffering like hell man like that was it could be reversible you never know reverse reverse none of them said goodbye to Jack no goodbye mom I love you and (laughs) Jack's just back there like (laughs) 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 these fear farts suck (laughs) it's so smelly so uh, Lavinia and Benny are actively making a plan to get out of there because their dad is clearly losing his mind. So they get the horse and they're like, all right, so we're going to we're going to go. We're going to get out of here. We're going to go get help. And the horse runs away. Um, and as they're wa- they start to walk, they, they make the sensible decision. They're like, all right, well, let's just walk. Let's get out of here. And. Benny is like, wait a second. I think I hear something. And he's like, it's our dog who who ran away. He's in the well. And th- there is like a dog whimpering in the well. But he looks down there and there's just like nothing down there. There's like a really messed up water, messed up looking water. Like you can't yeah. see Sam. You can't see anything. It's so- stagnant. It's gross. It has like a film on top. Mm-hmm. It looks like flesh. Like... <laughs> Benny's a fucking idiot. He's an idiot. So he he goes to climb in the well, and Lavinia's like, what are you doing? It's just a dog. Let's go. And he's like, no, I'm going to save Sam. And right as soon as he goes in, he's like, it smells like something died in here. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, Sam. Sam died in there. So Are you telling me you wouldn't try and save your dog if you thought he was down there? I don't think he was down there, though. I think any normal person would have been like, there's nothing down there. You had whimpering and you have the hope that your dog is still alive down there. You know, if I retract my question. You're all cat people and I can't trust any of your opinions. All right. So the dog, the dog would die for all of us. Um, but anyway, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there goes Chris. Thank you. Um, no problem. So he says, it smells like something died down here and keeps going down the well. And all of a sudden, a light comes up and it kills him. And that's it for Benny. Benny's gone. So now we're going to transition this movie into uh, the Amityville horror uh, because that's what it is for the rest of it. So there's Nicholas Cage. Uh, he, he finds Lavinia. He grabs her. He takes her up to the attic. He's like, your mom's hungry. Uh, go feed her. And 
she has turned into some Resident Evil-looking um, monstrosity who is crawling around on the ground like a speed demon. And no, 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 no. No, that was great. That was, was that awesome. visual of that creature. Yeah. Was like awesome. Yeah, no, she's fucking crazy looking now. I love when he's like, feed your mother. I was like, feed her what? <laughs> feed her what? And then he locks the door. <laughs> Oatmeal. Um, or her. <laughs> so, um, someone, someone comes in. I think it's Bobby Boucher comes in to come and save her. We could call him Ward now. Has he earned his name yeah. Ward? Um... Maybe Bobby Ward Boucher. Uh, <laughs> he comes in with the sheriff because, um, you know, Bobby's Bobby Ward Boucher has been having like his own adventure where he found out that uh, Ezra is dead. He has his eyes like plucked out of his head or whatever. And, um, you know, he went and got the sheriff and he, he had like his whole little adventure. Uh, but that's basically what it amounts to. And he comes back. He goes into the attic. Uh, he finds this crawling no, and di- they shoot her right. Don't they? Don't they kill the mom? Yeah, uh, but we have we have Nick the sheriff and, and Ward. Yeah, then then it shows Nick Cage pop in. And just he's got the shotgun, but the sheriff didn't end up doing it. And then, um, yeah, then I guess <laughs> then, that, then he's like overcome with grief, probably, and then he just leaves. <laughs> yeah, and then we get to they go run outside. Oh, what does he say though? He's like, "It's okay. They're not my family." Yeah, yeah something like that. Some, some insane line. Yeah. yeah, another great line from him too is they ask him like, "What's going on?" He's like, "That's life in the sticks, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> so they go outside. Uh, out of the well comes this weird Indiana Jones-looking chest, and um, yeah, I, I don't really remember what happens with that. Do they shoot it? I think they shoot it. And, um, oh, this is the part where they, a- after that, they run to, we're wrapping up now. After that, they run to Ezra's place. This is where they see Ezra. Um, he's dead. Um, and Bobby Ward Boucher and the sheriff start to leave and uh, the sheriff dies. I don't know. He gets like picked up by a tree. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that was a weird the tree. thing. The tree, yeah. yeah. It was very, um, Poltergeist. Yeah. So it was a little bit deep blue sea. Oh my God. The but, tree just ate him. <laughs> but before this too, this is when the tree uh, ate me. Nick Cage gets shot by the sheriff because yep. he thinks that uh, Nick Cage is going to try and shoot Levitica. So Lavinia, he gets shot yeah. Lavinia and uh, he dies in her arms. And it's a real sad scene to see Nick Cage die in any movie. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to fast forward through that. And um, Lavinia is still there. She's with, stays with her dad. So basically, it's just Lavinia alive now and um, Bobby Ward Boucher. And so um, Bobby Ward Boucher starts to go back. And he's like, I knew there were toxins in the water. And it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we fucking know now. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Wonderful job. <laughs> um, and so he goes back. And um, it like explodes where he's at. 
and like uh, all, out of the well. Yeah. And like all of the color disappears and it's a very silent hill esque kind of scene with ashes all falling down around. And they do this cool pan out where uh, you can see in a circle is where it's all black and white. And then there's color on the outsides. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the movie started, we hear this poem go or the story of um, color out of space. The actual story is like being said. And then we get like the weird, I thought it was weird. Um, probably is it. It's probably just symbolic, but um, I'm looking at it from a comedy lens of Bobby Ward Boucher takes a cigarette and he's like, I hate the water now. And he flicks a cigarette in the water. And I'm like, well, you just contaminated it more, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's That's how it ends. That's it. Yeah. I think it was supposed to show him is like, because he looked kind of like aged and grizzled and older. Mm. I think it was supposed to reflect like, this is a story he was telling about what happened years ago. Because he even mentions like not no not many people in this town remember what happened and what went down, but I still remember, and that's why I hate the water, and I'll never drink it. And even with the all the ash too, like, I thought that was a very good choice because all the white that coated him once he like because he had like, locked mm-hmm. himself in the basement when this whole color explosion was going on, just all the white and the absence of color in contrast to all the the deep and visual pinks and purples we've seen in the movie it was just a good contrast to show that now this is over the event's over and all the color's gone yeah and they they he's standing on top of the the i guess the new hydroelectric dam or whatever but that that's what he had hoped he was like i hope when they cover this place with water that they they never remember because that that's been the goal i guess as they were planning on it kept on showing the mayor talking about this stupid dam she was going to build this electric dam and uh i guess she did so i guess once the family died or whatever she ended up being able to build it so right she was displeased that they wouldn't sell the property to her so ultimately like i'm i'm a little unsure this seems like a QAnon take but i feel like Mm -hmm. the mayor might have coordinated all of this with the aliens Mm -hmm. to get this property yeah the aliens are like i want 10 million us dollars can you give me that and we'll give you the dam. And she was like, yes. Hillary Clinton <laughs> brokered the whole thing. So, uh huh. And then Hillary Clinton put a all the government nanomachines in the water, and then the nanomachines <laughs> get into our bodies, and then they control our minds. And they make us <laughs> gay. <laughs> yes. And the frogs. Don't forget dem, the frogs. Dem and the, frog, dem and the frogs are in cahoots to make us all gay. <laughs> this way we don't procreate anymore, and we need to eat. <laughs> all Okay. This show no. is sponsored by QAnon. You know what? Check <laughs> check out my uh, YouTube series about all these facts, undeniable facts that I tell you. <laughs> anyway, uh, if we're good with those facts, uh, let's move over to. Um, we were kind of already there. Uh, special effects and cinematography. Yeah. Uh, movie was fun. Uh, I think. I think it was all really well shot. And it was, um, like I said, it was a little jarring at times because they were just bouncing back and forth. But I think that was the point. I think they were going for that. I don't think it was by accident. Um, the, the coloring, um, obviously the, the CGI. Actually, I, I found that some of the CGI, especially with the the, the goopy things. And I'm sorry. No, the, the, the practical-ish or practical effects of the, the combined monsters were great. 
but the uh, the purple coming out of the well and stuff like I thought that was a little cheesy. It, it kind of it, I don't think it fit with the rest of the actual budget. I, they must have done that at the end or I don't know. Um, I, I, I think that, that was one of the few examples of like the poor CGI. Yeah, and, and it wasn't even that bad considering you know our our repertoire of what we've <laughs> what we've watched. Correct. But it felt Sci-Fi Channel ish at that point, right? Yeah. Like a little removed but the other the, oh man those the body horrors that they created those were perfect those were nasty and even the the gore from them from like destroying them was like it was pristine it was so good i th- yeah I, I think this this film did a really good job of indirectly showing like the alien presence you know really they, they only focused on the the fact that the property was kind of like terraforming um because of the meteor they didn't show any aliens aside from, you know, like the, the creatures that were hatched there. Um, it just showed like what the virus did to, you know, carbon based life. But yeah, no, uh, I think the indirect visuals really worked. I think it's sort of a less is more kind of a kind of take. I loved uh, visually what they did, <clears throat> you know, with the uh, with how subtle the property starts kind of like taking on that sort of alien life. And then by the end of the film, it's just teeming with it. And it's, it's, I thought it was beautifully done. And not to rehash too much about what you guys just said, but just like the change, like Jarvis just said, like the change in the, like the plants and all this stuff around the farm. Like by the end, it felt like an alien planet was taken over. And just the visual, the color was incredible. The sounds, which I'll cut that up because that's next. Just the uh, the vibrant colors throughout this whole movie, and the body horror of the creatures was just—it made it feel like a whole world inside of what was going on. It almost yeah, felt like its own genre. It didn't. It didn't conform yeah. to to one specific genre. I mean, it was like the thing. And then it was like felt like signs at times. I thought it was really interesting after everyone, you know, had basically died with the exception of Ward, that the family kind of reappears in the house. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Ward and Nicolas Cage get into this strange fight, but it's almost because it's almost like they're phase shifting into this like parallel yes. universe, it felt like. Yeah, I was going to mention that that effect, especially I, I did enjoy the, the last little bits of that of the movie when they um, when they were roaming around the house at that point, trying to get into the basement, because even like the they had like stagnant images or whatever, like it, it was like a lagged image of this guy. It looked like it was, everything was like stretching and kind of not conforming correctly. And yeah, it, it had to do something with the alien. I thought that was a, a neat, like you said, not really being like, oh, it was the alien just like this is an effect that this is about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. No, I, I like that a lot. And, and even when Lavinia gets <clears throat> in my notes, I called it the snapping. She got snapping. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I really liked it at that point. I was like, this is born of Osiris, a feature film, but uh, <laughs> are we now to believe that there are space Wiccans? Like after she, after she basically explodes, yeah. like, Jeez. I'd hope so. That's a movie I want to watch. Space Wiccans. Yeah. All right. I mean, I uh, H.P. Lovecraft is known for doing like cosmic horror, and it's very difficult to adapt his work. And this was, I think, it was very well done. 
and this is one of the better adaptations of his stuff because it's done very poorly in the past. Yeah, because I think the, the the big issue with with like the Lovecraftian horror and the cosmic horror and things like that is that the the written word and in a book is you can you can make that horror ten times worse in your own head than you can see it on paper or just even on in, in film. So when you read it, you're like that's terrifying and I'm terrified. And like the, the image you build is it doesn't ever equate to what is shown on, on film. Like, Cause on film it's like, okay, I could see how that could be the spooky monster, but th- this did a pretty good job. I think the horror, the body horrors were fine. I, I, I think like you said, the other ones have been garbage probably because they went with some weird effect or some weird, um, they tried to make it exactly as described, but it's not that, I don't know. It, it's weird. It, it's the way that books work, I guess, which is cool. Um, yeah, the effects ticked a lot of boxes. I mean, even yeah. even like the more cliche, not cliche, but more typical, uh, you know, like scares, like when Teresa cut her fingers off. That was oh, yeah. that was still very well done. And yep. I mean, it only adds to dinner being the scariest part of any horror movie. If you're if, <laughs> if you're in a horror movie, all food should come out of tubes. Like that's just that's there rule number one. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's do a uh, do sound of music real quick. Um, I think. Nothing. None of the music pulled me out. The, the the sound, the sounds that things made, the whistling, the constant whistling that happened, especially like halfway through the film or even less than halfway through the film. Um, that was interesting. Uh, there's a lot of static and a lot of like grumbling that I found actually a little uh, weird, I guess. Uh, it, it, it didn't freak me out, but I was like on that edge with it. I'd, like you answer the phone and some the other side of it was supposed to be her dad yelling. Uh, or it's supposed to be her dad, and he's you, and still nice at this point, but he's like yelling on on her side, and she's like, "You were yelling at me on the phone." I, th- I thought that was a pretty nice take. Um, I don't know. The only thing I'll say is, um, yeah, it was beautifully done. Like the the sounds were beautifully done, but the beginning pulled me in, right? Like it just like Mandy, it's it, it was very similar where it just used this. I mean, it wasn't as I'm going to say it wasn't as well done as Mandy in the beginning because the beginning of Mandy was beautifully done, but this still did a nice job of like that ambient music. Um, it was very atmospheric and, uh, the shots that they used, they, they didn't have to like put in all that different color scapes and things, but they just did a nice job at setting a very peaceful scene, like very calming, um, and it just kind of like built slowly over time where it's just, you know, we're going to get to this point of craziness, but we're, we're going to take our time getting there. And the music really set the tone for that, too. Like it wasn't it wasn't in your face. We didn't have to hear like the violins pl- plucking. Uh, we didn't have to hear like all that, you know, cliche stuff. So it, it was nice. It was very well done. I'm, I was very happy with the music um, helped set the tone. I actually did have something. I was away for a second. But uh, just like you said, like Mandy, just even just to open the movie had very heavy swelling music. And immediately you pulled right into the movie because there's only a, little, a bit of dialogue and you're focused on the movie and uh, the sound, the music and the visuals of that like gorgeous forest, which just had deep colors. It's just the best way to pull you into the movie and even like the swelling music throughout the movie that builds the scene because it's booming and it kind of overshadows everything else and it worked really well. 
Yeah, I agree. I think I think that wraps up some sound. Um, let's go over to the spooky meter, the spoopometer, if you will. Dan, what you got? Okay, because I know that you guys aren't tired of hearing my voice from this whole episode. Here we go. <laughs> Time to listen to me again. Listen up, part every nuggets. moment of it. <laughs> so, for our last. Unfortunately, our last fun Nicolas Cage fact, because the month of Cage is wrapping up, I thought I would share with you another fun story just like last week. So Nicolas Cage um, actually had, home, had a home invasion. Um, and uh, in an interview, he said that, um, you know, he was he was sleeping in his bed and he opened his eyes and there was a naked guy wearing a leather jacket eating a fudge sickle in front of his bed. Um, so I, I know that that's funny. It's terrifying, but it's also kind of funny uh, anecdotally. Um, it's my normal Saturday morning. Yes. Yes, of course. So, yeah, you, you know, you and I switch off with each other. Sometimes you come and eat fudge sickles. Sometimes I eat your fudge sickle. I mean, fudge sickles. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> phrasing. Phrasing. Uh, phrasing. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, th- this, of course, led me to investigate a little bit more of fudge sickles because uh, fudge sickles, if you didn't know, have 40 calories in them. That's it. Only 40 calories. Only, <laughs> only 40 for a whole fudge sickle? Yeah. That's not that bad. So What the fudge? What the fudge? Uh, so zero to 40 for D. Let, let me try that again. <laughs> Zero to 40, how many calories would you take for this movie? Oh, boy. Um, that's not a lot of calories in a fudge sickle, man. Um, I'm surprised. But this movie, uh, yeah, I think it surprised me as well. I I think I still have mixed feelings about it. I Spoopy-wise, with the body horrors and some of the weird jumps and the, the finger cuts, oh, God, with those also in the play, I I would probably give it, I don't know. Um, I'll give it right in the middle. I'm going to give it like a, a, a 15 to 20 calories worth of, of spook. I think I was, uh, it was a little scary. And like the, I was getting like actual anxiety from part of this film. It was like really freaking me out for a few minutes. So like they must've done something right. And like just the people yelling at each other, but nobody listening. And uh, I don't know, man, all of that together gave it a, a pretty good, I'll, I'll stick at the 20. Um, overall, I still don't know how I feel. Uh, I, I think this movie was was fun. The body horrors were great, and Nicolas Cage did a pretty good job. And it was like a loving story. I, I think I'll, I'll err on the side of, of I liked it, and I will go with like a like a twenty five or thirty calories on this one. I'll go with right in the middle twenty seven calories uh, out of forty because I did actually like it. It was a little long. Uh, I think pieces of this probably could have been um, chopped out, but uh, otherwise, I think it was a very good movie. Yeah, I more or less, even as pretty much usually happens with a lot of our ratings with all of us, I agree with a lot that you said, Kyle. Spoopy wise, I'm probably going to go with about me. I'm probably going to go like about 28 spoopy wise just because the finger cutting uh, that just really skeeved me out. And then uh, the body horror just made me uncomfortable a lot. But I loved it just because, as Dan said, during the public, it was very... uh, very reminiscent of the thing, and I thought that was fantastic. Um, overall, 
I'm probably going to go with about the same score, about 28. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Yeah, it, there were parts that it could have just been, you know, kind of cut out and it did go a little longer than I thought it it should have. But just the visuals of the movie, the color, the body horror, the sounds, like everything was great to me. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a total of uh, 28 calories out of 40 for that delicious fudgesicle. I'm giving this sucker some high praise now, man. Uh, I was entranced by this film. I fucking loved it. I would go as far as to say I think this is my favorite body of work starring Nick Cage. Um, and I, I'd never heard of it before. And I am delighted that I got to watch it. So uh, instantly, uh, I'm going 36 out of 40 for the overall, right? Um, I thought it was great. I thought the writing, I, I, I couldn't praise the writing enough. I really felt like this was a cohesive family um, with, you know, their own isms. They, they all had their own kind of thing. The casting was great. I believed them all as actors, even Jack, uh, the boy who plays Jack. I don't have his name in front of me, but he has been in some other uh, some other projects that I've really enjoyed, um, namely Haunting of Hill House. Um, he is a great actor. All of them, uh, th- th- they were all great. All of it was believable. The writing was great. It had a clear direction. And this is this is a complicated movie to tell. I mean, it, it's very H.P. Lovecraft, right? There's a lot happening. And it's it's got to be a daunting task from a director's standpoint to try to, to try to put this to film. And it, I thought it was great. I really did. Um, I loved that Tommy Chong was in there, even just for the fanfare. The fact that he was, like, listening to the mole people under his house. I was a little upset that at the end, or uh, the last time that Ward goes to see him and he finds... Uh, Ezra dead Tommy Chong's character I was kind of like half expecting Tommy Chong to be smoking weed with the aliens that's the only thing I could think of that would have made this movie better Um, but the other thing I really liked is that they weren't they weren't scared to do the unpopular thing Um, I think it's always easy to take especially like the young children and kind of like make them the untouchable thing you know, it, it sucks to say, like, you know, the best thing you did was make the make the kid die. That was awesome. Uh, but it's it's one of those kind of taboo things that you're that's that's going really far in a movie. And they literally morphed this kid to his mom's back and basically made him die in incredible agony after becoming some ho- like hideous morphed monster. Like and, and that probably wasn't even the weirdest thing to happen in this movie. I loved it. Um I love that they um, they were like n- unconcerned when the uh, meteor was starting to terraform their their land. I thought that was great. I thought um, from a CG standpoint, it was beautifully done. Uh, the colors, uh, everything. Anyway, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop ranting. Uh, from a spoopy standpoint, it, it, it's not that scary, but it absolutely catches your interest. Um, so yes, 36 out of 40 spoop. Love it. Would suggest it. Can't wait to watch it again. So uh, I really like this movie, just the visuals and the body horror and the color and just the story itself, this family going off the rails. And, but it wasn't that to me, scary, spoopy, the body horror gives it a couple points and just the family breaking down. So I would give it probably 10 
out of 40 spoop wise factor overall like I said, I really do like this movie. I would give it 30 calories out of 40. I gave it an extra couple of calories because Dan brought up the uh, Imagine It from Bobby Ward Boucher's point of view. Just coming into this like situation. And he's the, he's the outsider. And this family is the Hills of Wise family. And he's going off the rails. He even gets an extra two points for the whole uh, pack of milking scene. So 32 out of 40 overall as a movie. It's one of the best adaptations of a H.P. Lovecraft story I've seen. And because he has a very distinctive, like, cosmic, fantastical horror style of writing. And you should definitely go out of your way to see it. And this is one of Nick Cage's better movies. He's on an upswing. And this is the time to bring up our Cage Fight podcast, which reviews every movie from Valley Girl to Willy's Wonderland, which we will be doing every week starting next week i didn't agree to this <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the cage fight welcome to cage fight all right so it's funny because i came into this and i was ready to just dismantle this movie um because before we talked i i wasn't a fan i liked it halfway through and then i just wasn't a like I didn't like the acting. I just it felt weird, and that was my big problem was the acting in it. Um, because it shot beautifully. The special effects are beautiful. The sound is wonderful. Um, all that is great, but I didn't like the acting. And then you guys started bringing up your points of how the acting is off because the people are off and like for some reason that just didn't click with me and it it just really brings up the one of the reasons that i love talking about these movies with you guys is because you bring up these different perspectives and it gives me either a new appreciation or i mean it could go the other way but like that's good too so i i appreciate that you guys helped me like this movie when i didn't before so i'm gonna give this in terms of spoopy i'm gonna give it um I'm going to give it like a 25, 30, because I don't think this is traditionally scary. Um, I actually don't think we've done any traditionally scary movies uh, where I'm actually terrified. I think it's more creepy. Like the idea of absorbing bodies, that is unsettling to me. The idea of um, like body horror, body horror is very disturbing, I mean, just in general and like the way that she moves, she's crawling around. That's very disturbing. So um, I'm going to give it like, yeah, 25 to 30. I think it was disturbing when it needed to be. It was unsettling. And I think for that type of horror, for that type of creepy kind of vibe, I think it, it accomplished what it wanted to do. And for an overall movie, I'd probably give it the same, like 25, uh, 28, 30, somewhere between there, somewhere around there. Um, I don't think it's, it's not a masterpiece. It's, um, but it's good. It's fun. It's an enjoyable movie. It's like I said, it's creepy. It has like a good HP Lovecraft vibe to it. Uh, the acting is good in this movie. So it's, it's enjoyable, but it's not one of those movies that I would go back and watch a billion times, like over and over, like something like cabin in the woods or something like that. Who I, I, I love that movie. Um, but as Mike said, Nick Cage, he seems to be on an upswing right now. So definitely check this out if you haven't. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. And that's all I got for that. Cool. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Chris, I think you got something to say real quick. So uh, before we uh, close this out, uh, I know at least four out of five of us have really enjoyed this this month of Cage. And it's very unfortunate that it's ending so soon because within the next month, what appears to be just another fantastic film in the House of Cage called Willie's Wonderland will be coming out uh, on demand. And it is my goal for us to watch that movie and discuss it right when it comes out. So we may be leaving Cage now, but we'll be back to Cage soon. <laughs> yeah, we can uh, just join us for that, I guess. <laughs> but either way don't be too um, enthused kyle calm down i can only take i mean it looks like he doesn't have any lines at all which means it's going to be a good nick cage film and so, the cage never really leaves your life mm-hmm. it just goes away for a short time the cage, the cage is always, is always with, with you. you may cage be with you're, you. <laughs> you're trapped in a cage with him <laughs> not the other way around uh yeah. yeah, so I do want to thank Connor McLeod and Andrew Cavanaugh for our uh, artwork and then intro and outro music. And uh, I want to thank you. I want to tell us, to, uh, why don't you come over to the Facebook group? We're starting to post stuff there and Instagram and everything and uh, let us know how you feel, what you want us to watch and whatnot. And beyond that, uh, Chris, b- besides uh, Willie's Wonderland or whatever, uh, what else do you have to tell the folks? Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. Uh-huh.